Jim Joyce. Here we are, Beautiful. man. And I think we're on this in the same country, and I actually think on the same coast again. I think so. I think so. I'm in uh, a little island off of the coast of, of Boston or coast, <laughs> coast of Cape Cod, Martha's Vineyard. Nice. <laughs> nice. Your perspective could be New York. Uh, yeah. And you, you're back in the garage. Uh, no, so I changed the scenery. It's today. It's supposed to be, you know, for our American viewers in like '95 or crazy like that outside. Um, yeah. So even with a fan and stuff, I figured I uh, I get back in, in the house. But um, right. But but gear, gearing up for quite a lot a lot of things next week. I'm sort of back and forth to New York City pretty much every week. Um, next week, just p- gonna pimp out a couple of things before we go on, since we got awesome. you know the millions of people viewing us. So right. first of all, um, you know, I am going to be hosting a Health Excel event uh, next week on the 19th. That's right. With none other but, as, as John Halleck describes him, a force of nature, Glenn, uh, uh, Glenn Tolman. Tolman. Yeah, Glenn Tolman, you got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because you know why we had another Glenn on and I'm like, I just got to, you know, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a little old. Uh, so Glenn Tolman, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's a reconnect from our fireside chat in Berlin. And what do you think? Um, what do you think in subject wise? Where is it going? Where is it? Where is like? I don't know. You know, we're I'm I'm also meticulously <laughs> unproduced, so um, right, right, it right. is. It's it, it's um uh it's only live audience, so there's no like live stream and stuff. I you know okay. we're sort of trying to uh, to do this you know fun and and connected to the audience, so it's not going to be a huge event. Um, the other one I'm, I'm recording, I'm looking forward to a number of people. Uh, it's uh, our Matthew Holt and Jess. They put together amazing agenda. I think it's going to be juicy as hell and not because I'm one of the moderators, even right. if I wasn't. Um, the one I'm like, I'm, so I'm moderating, do we need a pharmacy still, um, which is kind right. of interesting. So it's like David Klein from Click, uh, Paul from uh, Lemonade Health and many others. So policies, tech is VCs. Quick two other ones. Frontiers Health Wait, is already has the name. The name of Jessica and Matt's event is. It's. I think it's literally called Policies Techies VCs or something like that. And it's virtual or it's um in person. It's it's virtual. It's virtual. Okay. Yep. Then we got October fifteenth coming up for DTX only Health Excel. Uh, we got a Dublin uh, Digital Health Health Excel yep. event October twenty eighth. We got Frontiers Health uh, happening hybrid, but Milan in, in November. Yep. And then our own, your coach, we had so much success last year. We're doing this again. Right. Uh, it's going to be the Global Health and Wellness Coaching Symposium. Um, awesome, awesome agenda already. But so that's us. Uh, I see our guest is pinging us already too. Awesome. Um, um cool uh so this is going to be interesting so i'm going to let in uh my dear friend anna mckee okay Let's see um in the mountains that's where she's pinging us from from the Let's mountains see. outside of barcelona <laughs> I, I don't know we'll we'll find out right. so um i think i, I it's a still joining so okay. just you know, be, while while she's joining, um, okay. Are you are you are you only gonna do? Oh no, no. I can see you turning on the video. I wasn't sure, Anna. Excellent. Hello. Hey. I knew that's the energy that I was looking for. <laughs> We've been so, so guys. Jim, 
before we get to your mountains and holiday and the fact that you're doing this, I think you finally felt bad because I've been asking you to join. And one day she is with Macron on stage. Another time, you know, the, the, this fancy woman. <laughs> Welcome to the shot. Do you guys know Welcome. each other? No, Anna, I don't think we have we met before, Anna. No, I don't think so. OK, well, nice to meet you. It's a, and you're joining from the mountains. Yes, I'm in the Pyrenees, like I was on a lake like a couple of hours ago, <laughs> and I took a shower. The only thing is I need to get one of my kids to bring me my charger, so if you allow me, because I'm going to run out of batteries. Yeah, no you know, it, it, there's always a first for the shot of digital health. Right. There's people making their drinks because they forgot them, um, right, right. so, you know, yeah, my, whatever. My my son just, I was just biking. I'm on, in Martha's Vineyard and I was just biking and my son just took a header off the bike, but he's all safe. And I just put him back together and then jumped onto the podcast. So it's all, it's all very uh, fluid. The things, the things <laughs> we do as a showman and show women. But anyway, my charger is on the way. So, uh, okay. So what do you want to cover in this time? Uh, we just want to hang out with you. I know you're in the mountains in the holiday, but you know the the, the background. Uh, I don't I don't even know if we've spoken, but like you know the background is Jim and I needed an outlet, mental health break, and suck somebody else's energy out midweek. So hence we're 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 picking um, this shot of digital health. Yeah, just you. to sort of remind and and go back. I think Anna, you and I met years ago at X Med, and then we reconnected. Uh, through Jane Metcalf, I think was, oh, hey, you know, Eugene and family moved to Barcelona. Anna is back from Boston. So, but, you know, maybe just give a little bit of the background to our millions of viewers uh, and listeners on who you are and how you got to Neuroelectrics. Because that to me okay. is the focus. Yeah. Where, right. Who are you? And where's your vermouth, by the way? Uh, I'll pick it up in a moment. Okay, good. Charger and vermouth, important. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, over to you, Anna. Who are you and how'd you get to Neuroelectrics? Wait, let me plug my computer. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> awesome. And, um, no, we've Jane, had a few Jane is a great connector uh, as well. It's, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, so she reconnected Anna and I, and I, I, I visited uh, Anna's office. This was, I'm trying to remember, we were wearing masks already, if I'm not mistaken, and then set on the beautiful uh, balcony of the building that uh, Anna's company is in. So I, I enjoyed it. But uh, that, that, that's called a, a filler to talk about an awesome person like Jane. So. Um, okay, so I'm ready to go. Okay, excellent. So, so who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> so thanks for inviting me. It's a great pleasure uh, to be here with you guys. And my name is Anna Maikes. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Neuroelectrics. And one of the really, really exciting things about Neuroelectrics is that um, my co-founder is a physicist and a mathematician. So we are looking at the brain from a physics and math perspective. We are looking at the brain from an electric kind of part of the body perspective. And we are obsessed in the code in the brain, but also helping patients that need new therapies, right? And my journey here begins in 2011 when we founded Neuroelectrics back in Barcelona. 
But in 2015, we saw that, you know, a lot of the action in, you know, in brain health, in new therapies was happening in Boston. So we opened our offices in Boston where we moved from beautiful Barcelona to Boston. And uh, How come you didn't say beautiful Boston? Beautiful (laughs) Barcelona to beautiful Boston. I mean, Italy, I mean, excuse me, I made my dearest friends in Boston. I was there last week. I went to Nantucket. So everything is wonderful in Boston. But come on, you know, you've been in Barcelona, Jean. Tell them about the I miss it. I, I miss it. I miss it. Can't wait to get back. But, you know, I, I think it's great for the audience out there. If you can have your life between somewhere as amazing as Boston in terms of science and then have the talent, for example, of Europeans, all of the Eastern countries, I mean, there's amazing talent in Europe as well, right? And, and a different quality of life. And if you can create this bridge between Europe and the US, I think it's a win-win for the people in the companies. I think it's a win-win for the investors. And our company should be global companies. It shouldn't be, you know, Boston-based or Barcelona-based or whatever, right? We are playing the champions and we like to play the ball at the competitive, you know, level, not at local, yeah. European or even American level, right? You right. know, it's, it's interesting you bring up because I, I do want to rewind before 2011 just a little bit, but... Um, you, you mentioned, you know, talent, right? And and our, our tax and accountant just asked the question, where are you planning as your coach to have more consultants, workforce? Right. The answer is kind of like wherever, wherever there's a great talent, which obviously yeah. complicates things, right? From a structure perspective. But um, but before, um, you know, you, you kind of started right away 2011, um, but maybe just rewind a little bit more. Like what, what even brought you there like what's your your personal background even before that so this is my second company so we we can consider me and my co-founder as serial entrepreneurs our first company was called star lab still exists and was doing earth observation for satellites like protecting the earth using satellite data but we started to get super interested in neuroscience back in in year 2000 and startup was a company created by nicolas negroponte from the mit and the rothschilds and this was in the bubble of 2001 and and unfortunately all that investment kind of disappeared because of the internet bubble back in 2001. But my co-founder and myself and another, we bought Starlab and, and you know, just kept us entrepreneurs uh, from Barcelona. And we were doing earth observation and neuroscience back in 2000. I was going to say like rocket and brain scientists over here, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of similar because you don't care. I mean, it's about data analytics. It's about machine learning. It's about processing signals. So you don't care that the data is coming from a satellite to understand, you know, how green is the earth or from the brain where you have to understand how the brain works. So, you know, mathematicians, physicists, you know, engineers were working on both areas of the company. And to make the story short, after 10 years of research, both in earth observation and neuroscience, we saw that there was such a huge potential in neuro in 2011 that we decided to create a new company focused only on neurotech, that is Neuroelectrics. Okay. Uh, you know, you you were early on, it's funny, uh, Just uh, I just got a note the other day in like 2013 or 14, I made like an angel investment into a space tech company where, you know, they were sending little 
satellites. I thought it was cool. Like I just want to be able to control them and take pictures, right? right. Um, I just got to know they're spacking out for 1.6 billion. So I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what, I, you know, this was the first round. So uh, I don't know what, yeah. what I will get. I haven't done the math, yeah, the, but- The um, dilution, the dilution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but you know, that's- No, but it's, but it's uh, a sweet time for space tech as well. Yeah. I think it's taking yeah. us many, many years, but now it's like before only NASA and the European space agencies and the governments were launching satellites and rockets, but now it's like democratizing, you know, like in healthcare with digital health, now yeah. almost anybody can step into the field. And I love these disruptive fields where usually they're in the hands of a few, like the pharmas or whoever, right? Or the space or the governments. And then they open up to the entrepreneurs out there, right? And, and that yeah. creates amazing companies. So I think it's a good but, time for space tech. That's actually a very great parallel. I never really thought of it, right? From, space, you know, space tech. The, the space and health tech. Um, and actually I did, uh, last year I did a, talk for the ESA, the European Space Agency, and they were really trying to open this up to entrepreneurs. And sort of my call to action to the ESA was, I mean, if you can keep uh, astronauts so well and healthy and monitored, why can't we democratize some of that technology, right? So- Right, like our good, um, friend, our good friend, Lisa Swonen, she was doing right. advising for NASA, you know, um, you know, around, kind of that parallel between health tech and space tech and because you, you effectively age when you go into space. So you all the, all the, you're, you're, you're all that pressure and your bone density. And um, that's why I'm not going to space. I don't want to age any faster than that's I am at the moment. Well, and in flag, you know, as you're mentioning, um, there are also like, there is also like space researchers in NASA, you know, trying to do parallels between Alzheimer's and the way you age in, in space and see if you can bring out you know, back to earth, some of those lessons learned to reverse aging, right? So I think right. there is there is a lot of interesting things and, in, you know, also fatigue. How do you control fatigue in these long-term, you know, uh, flights? Uh, I mean, a lot of interesting uh, parts. I think if you go to Washington DC to the Smithsonian, there is an exhibit on, I think it was Apollo, and there is already an EEG and brain monitoring sensor that was taken into space you know, back in the 60s, right? So right. I think that, that neuro or health and space have been always, you know, strongly correlated. You, you know, I think we all know her, Esther Dyson. Um, she actually trained uh, to go into space. I don't know the details. We should, we yeah, should actually trained. ask her. That's actually yeah. the first time I've met Esther. She was like in Africa and then she stopped through Dublin, Ireland, met with, uh, met with us at Health Excel when we were just forming and then was going to train as a cosmonaut you know, in Moscow, <laughs> she was heading to like Moscow. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So space, the uncharted frontier is getting conquered slowly. Um, and, you know, to me back on earth, yes, there's oceans. And to me, the other aspect is the brain, right? I think, uh, and I don't know if that's true or not, to be honest, but is the brain part of our body that we know the least of? I or think- am I making this up? Totally, yes. I think there are 100 billion neurons in the brain and they're all the time communicating in ways we don't yet understand. It's a very, very complex network. It's like a supercomputer that it's super hard uh, to understand. You know, Ramonica Hall, which is considered the father of neuroscience and by chance was also Spanish said that it's like the deepest forest, almost impossible, you know, like to get in, right? Because it's just like a thick, 
network of neurons, you know, altering and changing all the time. And I was talking last week in Boston with Juan Enriquez, who is a good friend of, of mine, and he's been really interested in the brain. And I asked Juan, and I said, Juan, what did you learn about the brain by, you know, the five years you've been reading about it? And he said that we know so little. Right, right, right. right. So I think I wonder yeah, one answer is pretty good, right? Like we know so little on how yeah. it works. I, I wonder also like, you know, like I'm just I'm in dealing with this, the transient nature of it too, right? Like the, you know, the, the learning and relearning and the, you know, the capacity to that it's, you know, we think of it in this like static capacity, like someone's good at languages or someone has a good memory or bad memory or is a quick thinker or creative, but it's actually quite transient. Exactly. And there's what so did you say, Jim? No. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many, so many big books on the plasticity of the brain. The fact that even if you remove a part of the brain that it's considered to do a certain function, right? The brain may readapt and use another part of the brain to perform that function. So that is kind of super fascinating, right? How it really changes in that way, right? So it's right. an amazing part of our of our body, right? So before we go into, because I, I was fascinated, uh, actually, I'm rewinding back. I think I even met you before the X-Med uh, because I remember this woman wearing something on her head. I think it was in Barcelona Health 2.0, uh, if oh, I'm yeah. not even mistaken. Sure. I think that might have been before the X-Med even. Um, but um, but before, before we go in and unbundle all of that, uh, you keep saying your partner, but you, uh, do, do Marina and I have hope? Because I think your partner is also your <laughs> husband, right? Like, and you yeah. guys said this is the second company now, so I know. you're you still together. You have hope with Marina. <laughs> so yes, my my partner is my husband, Julio Ruffini, and I think the beauty is that he's a physicist and mathematician, so he's like scientist uh, on the company. He doesn't like the social part of the company or the networking, right? I'm more on the business side, so I think that from day one like the marriage between business and science was very strong. I was obsessed that we will have, you know, money on the table to pay our people, to grow the company, to go out there and sell whatever minimum viable product we'll have. And he was obsessed with the science. So I think that those obsessions were a winning match. And I actually love to work with Julio. I mean, who can give you, and you know that Eugene, a more brutal, honest feedback in the company <laughs> that you're part of. It's like, Anna, you did a poor, terrible job. I mean, you, I mean, nobody will ever be that honest, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's keeping each other real, right? Um, that's one, one of the key things. So yeah. I think we lost uh, Anna for 10 seconds, okay, five seconds. No, yep, we got her back. Yeah, no, I agreed. I, I'm not as brave. I'm not as brave as you. I. I love my wife dearly, and I'm a. I'm a. I'm a much better man for marrying her. But uh, I don't. <laughs> not sure that I'm going to start a business with her tomorrow. <laughs> no, I mean again, you know, not 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 to dwell on the topic, but uh, I, I think uh, the same thing, right? Like uh, it's the opposite that attract, uh, but also makes it work from a business perspective also right and i think the trick and i don't you know maybe we'll we'll do that over mood once we're back in barcelona but uh i think also the trick is you know how do you really separate the the business life and the and the personal family time we're still right. learning honestly i mean at dinner our girls are kind of like ah stop talking about your coach right uh, <laughs> right well, I mean, that that's also funny because uh, we have four kids. So I also consider I'm a good mom um, for the women out there that want to be entrepreneurs or CEO. 
I have four kids. I think they're wonderful kids. I think I'm, I'm a great mom. But it's funny because sometimes I would receive like a great award or something like flashy, right? And then you get home. And the kids were like, yeah, mama, what about my dinner? You know, what about my things? I don't, I don't care, you know? So they put you down on earth in ways. I think it's really healthy to have a family also because yep. you, they will put you where you need to be, you know, after work. Like, you know, you help me with my homework. Where is my dinner? Where is my clean clothes? Whatever, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. so I think that was very helpful uh, for Julio and, and, and myself. And I think that for any entrepreneur, having the balance of, raising a family and a job gives you the right perspective so you don't burn out and just yeah. devote everything yeah, or or fill up on your own you know obsessions and ego and whatever it is they're like you said like hey where's my homework where's my i need some help yeah. work food <laughs> you know i have a problem with school. yeah like so let, let, let's uh let's dive into the the the, the wonderful helmet uh, maybe just explain what the heck it is. What is it capturing? What is it doing? Uh, I know, and if I'm not mistaken, you guys have uh, FDA approvals. But again, I won't. I won't go into it. Um, I'll let you kind of describe it a bit more. I think she's negotiating yeah. the vermouth right now. Yeah. So no. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, I didn't bring the helmet with me because I'm. But uh, the helmet, as, as Martin Kelly, no, Matthew Hall calls it like a swimming cap, you know. Right. But the helmet with multiple electrodes, what it does is it does two things. On one side, it can record your brain activity, so-called EEG, electroencephalography. So it's, this is your brain waves or the electrical activity of your brain, which you will get if you suffer from epilepsy or a sleep disorder, right? You'll get an EEG. Yeah. Um, but what we are most excited is that any of the 32 electrodes that this non-invasive cap has can also inject currents into the brain. So this is a brain stimulation device, uh, very low currents, it's called transcranial current stimulation. And we think this has the potential to become a powerful therapy in many brain diseases. So why? Because by injecting currents into the brain, we can excite or inhibit brain activity. And depending on whether you suffer from epilepsy or Alzheimer's, you will want to either inhibit or excite that area of the brain. So um, one of the coolest things that we are doing in the company is, you know, where do you stimulate? I mean, the key is, okay, you can inject electricity of the, in the brain, but where? And I think this is where we have become really a very interesting company because what we do is we do a personalized brain model. So we do a neuro twin of your brain based on your MRI or your EEG. So we build a 3D model of your brain. And depending on, for example, in epilepsy, where the focus is coming from, or in Alzheimer's, we personalize per patient how many electrodes and what areas of the brain we need to inject currents to, to get to a desired effect. So it's really personalized brain therapy built on a neurotwin model of your brain. So we think this is going to be revolutionary in terms of how brain stimulation works until now, because before other TES devices were just a couple of sponges shunting current from one hemisphere to the other, right? Okay. We have the- well, if, you have, if you have a shower cup, if you have a shower cap, you need sponges too, right? But maybe not anymore. <laughs> exactly. Let's use Matthew Holt's uh, analogy. 
Yeah, and we don't like sponges. We just like small, you know, targeted electrodes. And, and as Eugene was saying, we reached out to the FDA. We launched our first pilot study at Boston Children's in Boston. And now we are in a pivotal phase with the FDA for epilepsy, for which we got breakthrough designation a couple of weeks ago. So we are super happy. And the results show that 10 days of 20 minutes of stimulation in children that don't respond to medication in epilepsy can reduce seizures almost half. So our patient had eight weeks of seizure tracker, 10 days of stimulation, 20 minutes every day, and then eight weeks follow-up. So after eight weeks, we managed to reduce their seizures 47% non-invasive without surgery where meds don't work. Right. you can start to imagine, you know, kids being done, being taken our technology home and being stimulated 20 minutes at home, their EEG being recorded, their dosages being adapted, getting maybe some other behavioral data, right? But it's brain therapy in ways we haven't been able to do before. Where have you been able to provide brain therapy at home and record brain data at the same time? And personalized or? And personalized. Every okay. patient gets a different protocol that is downloaded through the cloud into the device, which is a wireless device connected to the Wi-Fi. So everything is done in, on the cloud. So it's a truly personalized telemedicine solution. And where, Inanna, where is this coming from? Like when you, what's the equivalent like therapy that's happening right now? It's, these, it's the sponges you were talking about. That's the brain stimulation activity or, or what's the, you know, what are you building off of here? How does the FDA look at this? So we are considered a class two device, uh, you know, and we have to go. There is no other transcranial current stimulation device approved in the United States. Okay. Uh, so we are aiming to be the first one, and it's going to be either a PMA or the novo path, of course. Yeah. Um, so there is no other device um, approved. And I think the similar technologies are TMS for depression, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation, even ECT for depression, implanted electrodes like Neuropace for epilepsy or Metron yeah. DBS. So I think we are another sort of neuromodulation. There is also VNS, right, for epilepsy, like Livanova, the yeah. Alzheimer's. So I think that we enter in this neuromodulation family of technologies, but I think in a non-invasive portable way, which no other modality can do. Fantastic. Can you actually buy the device for measurement purposes today? Or is it only, I mean, are you guys, I know you guys have been in R&D mode. The reason I'm asking, I mean, a lot of the sort of the biohackers and quantified selfers are usually discovering things and like not to get into like the black mirror territory, but if you can help treat, you know, neurodegenerative diseases, um, you know, can you enhance your brain? Can I enhance my memory? Can I enhance my response? Can I enhance my happiness? Right? Like um, yeah. whatever happiness means, like I mean, I, I'm not trying to be. Yeah. Eugene's trying to learn Spanish. So he's wondering if you can. Um... <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure anybody can help him. Any technology can help him with that. Muchas gracias, señora. De nada. So, no, but uh, I think it's an interesting question. And that's the reason why I have been involved in so many neuroethics um, uh, panels and discussions. I mean, even if you look at Elon Musk and Neuralink, you see more and more people getting into the neurotech space. Um, I think that for consumer applications, I'm a bit scared. 
because as we started our conversation, we know so little about the brain. What about if I make Eugene smarter in Spanish, but then he forgets about health? <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what about if I make Eugene smarter, but he doesn't love uh, his wonderful wife anymore? So, I mean, I'm joking, but not. I mean, we don't know the consequences of, you know, stimulating right. a healthy brain. I'm pretty confident in an unhealthy brain because when we work with patients with depression or Alzheimer's, you know there is something malfunctioning, a circuitry that is not working well, and you're trying to either boost it or inhibit it, right? You're trying right. to compensate. Right. But in a healthy brain, we don't know enough uh, to understand the long-term consequences of brain stimulation. So I speak on neuroethics a lot because also we don't know how, I mean, you're messing up with the most important part of our body, sure. what it defines no. to be human. And so you can, you know, you can you change judgment? Can you change your way of thinking? I mean, think about right. social media. You know, Facebook was criticized on the elections. What about if you will have a chip implanted? Right. Is, I mean, that, that taps directly into your brain. And have you, you know, so didn't Elon Musk do an example with a pig? you know, where he was doing brain stimulation and I, you know, I. Now we lost Jim, but keep, keep going. Uh, he'll come back. So Sorry. Elon Musk. Yeah, I had. Oh, we got, we got the question. Elon Musk, uh, ethics and pig stimulation. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that one of the things that he was describing in his experiments, which has been out there for, you know, with John uh, Donaghue with, you know, the BrainGate project is, brain-computer interfaces, right? It's like, how do you get your EEG or your brain data, right, to interact with a computer? So this is super useful for people that has been paralyzed, that is, you know, doesn't have other means to communicate with the outside world, right? So this is beautiful, you know, brilliant. People for, suffer from a stroke, you name it. And my concern is what happens when this is going to healthy consumer individuals, you know? Right because young people may have a different data privacy and ethical bar than us, that we are older people, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so, so, you know. I'm in, I'm in the first camp, people. Okay, so, <laughs> I think, I think that, yeah. so I think there is going to be a lot of people that will be happy to get a chip implanted. And the question is who is going to regulate or not? that data access, you know, and how is it going to play out for the future of humanity, right? Um, right. Because biohacking or brain hacking, I think there are two different things, right? Because your brain defines you as a human, right? So right. anyway, but I, I think it's exciting times and I'm super happy that Elon Musk is working in Neurotech. He's putting the spotlight into the field. Uh, Brian Johnson is with Kernel and now Peter Thiel also invested in another Neurotech company. So it's definitely the brain age. And why? Because how we started the conversation, we know so little. So that mm. the more people get into the field, I think that the better for patients in need. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I think like actually we're sitting in... Um like we're sitting in Martha's Vineyard right now. And the reason we would come to Martha's Vineyard is there was a good friend of ours that, you know, now has um, uh, Alzheimer's, you know, and we would go and she had the, was the sharpest person in the world. And, you know, you just think about the, you know, everyone has a story like that of a family friend or a loved one and, you know, the cognitive decline. So it's such a rich, such a rich area. It's good work. Good work. Well done, Anna. Yeah. And the beauty is that when you talk about your friend, right, we do really believe in neuroelectrics with good science and good clinical trials that we can help patients in epilepsy, in depression, 
We are doing an FDA trial in depression fully at home. The patients don't even go to the hospital or in Alzheimer's. And I think that the side effects of our electrical stimulation versus drugs, which don't exist or fail in many of these pathologies is a no brainer, right? And if you think even of things like ADHD where amphetamines are given to kids, I think that as a community entrepreneurs and digital health, we really have to come with good ways to deal with these massive diseases, which are totally underserved to patients suffering every day. And that is our commitment. And I think we are going to make it, honestly. Fantastic. And I, I know you guys are, you know, going through the FDA validation and uh, to the extent you can, I know, you know, congrats. I think this was a few months back, uh, 18 mil to scale what you guys have built so far, uh, which is, you know, kudos. And I just found out Brent Vaughn, who I interviewed on the DTX podcast, is on your board as well, uh, I guess. Uh, or, 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 so maybe you can well, talk morning a little side. bit. He's on my board, yeah. Morning side. Okay. Yeah. Morning side. That's right. Um, and maybe you can chat a little bit where you guys are going. I mean, uh, laser focus in clinical trials, I'm assuming, but anything else that you want to add? Well, I think that it has been hard to fundraise for new things. I think that fundraising for neuro in general and neurotech med device in particular in a place like Boston or in general the US, I don't think it's an easy thing, right? Because there is so much focus on bio, right? And, and, and molecules that it's, it's hard. And you know, you guys know that, but I see, I'm super optimistic because if you think of Cognito, if you think of Linus Health, if you think of Med Rhythms, if you think only in the portfolio of Morningside, there are a bunch of really cool new therapies uh, mm -hmm. for Neuro, right? And I think I see more and more investors, uh, now Bob Nelson is raising a, you know, a big, the big neuro company, right? It's more on, on pharmacological, but I think that neuro is getting the spotlight again uh, awesome. after cancer, you know, and after all these years. So the money that we raise 80 million in our series A um, is going to help us, of course, to get through the FDA clearance on epilepsy in the next 24 months, but also to push depression and Alzheimer's into the pivotal state. Uh, so we feel Neuroelectrics is like a pharma company, you know, with all these pipeline indications that we are going to push into the clinic. And in parallel, we got huge grants uh, to build these neuro twin models uh, of the brain to personalize treatment per Alzheimer, per um, uh, epilepsy, which I think is know-how that even if other competitors in Asia are, or in other parts of the world wants to come is super hard to me, mm. right? So we are both pushing this into the clinic, but also building know-how on the brain that nobody else has today. There's, there's a nice, there's a nice, have you guys, they, they make a live referral here, but you probably looked at the fountain. Have you looked at fountain, the venture capital firm fountain, but they're big into neuro anyways, well, off air, we'll give you a nice referral to, into those guys, but they've had a lot of success in that space. Yeah. But it's great. I mean, one of the lessons learned is that, that Eugene knows is that we didn't raise money until this 18 million. And the reason was that we decided uh, to bootstrap uh, by selling our devices to researchers out there. So we made $5 million in revenue last year just by selling to researchers worldwide, but we are in more than 45 countries. So what Neuroelectrics has today it's a unique network of clients and users in the most prestigious academic neuro 
and hospitals in the world. And okay. this has really helped us to boost these collaborations, you know, in pathologies like Alzheimer's or depression or even mm. oncology by using people that are already familiar with our technology. Um, and now that we have raised money, we will focus more mainly on the clinical side, but it's also a lesson learned from other entrepreneurs, especially in the US, that you don't always necessarily need to raise the money day one. You can also learn from the market, get your minimum viable product out there, establish strong relationships, and then be ready to scale up, take the big money, and then focus on the clinical, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're talking Jim, to the choir. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say, Jim, you know, uh, Anna kind of preempted your, your typical question at the end. Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jim always asked like the, you know, I, unless you want to do another twist on it. Sort, yeah, let's do it. I, let's do a twist on it. So, it. so picture yourself, you know, you're picture yourself as a, a young newlywed and you've just ma married a brilliant physicist and you are working in space tech and you try to try to, you're moving to Boston and you're giving advice to this young person and they want to start a digital health technology company. What advice would you give to this young entrepreneur? I think that the secret really of any entrepreneur, there are two secrets. Why are you creating your company? And money shouldn't be the answer. That's one of the lessons learned. You know, why are you creating your company? And the second is don't give up, is perseverance. I mean, I mean, you cannot imagine how many doors have been closed during my life as entrepreneurs. I never, never gave up. And the reason is question one, because I had the right motivation to create my company and the ethical motivation, which was, you know, the driver is we want to help patients and we want to do it right. There is no shortcut. Yep. Um, but perseverance, I mean, I think it's very easy to give up because the odds are always against you. And being a women CEO, I have to tell you, it's even harder being from you know Europe, moving into the US, into a place like Boston where I made these wonderful friends, but it's, it's tough, but you just have to you know, never give up. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Words of wisdom from Anna. Well, listen, thank you for joining us uh, and from your holiday from the mountains. Uh, no worries about the cap. So let me show you the mountains. Let me see if you can see yeah, the mountains. Let's, 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 see. Do the, let's do it. You, you, see it. <laughs> you can see it. Eh? You might need to shut off the background filter. No, we got it. We can oh, see it. But we, we can. Let we me, can. Let me show. No, let me close my my background. Let me see if I can do it now. Um, you see the Pyrenees. This is a great way. The inspirational. That's right. That will get me through this week for sure. Aside from Anna's energy. Uh, exactly. Any more questions? While I I. Uh, close this. Um... We love it. We just Listen, wanna... we, we, we can talk for hours. Um... <laughs> no, I, we, we know we love it. I love it. So know why you're doing something. Know why you're setting it up and have it not be about money. And that will allow you to fight through doors being shut in your face <laughs> and persisting. <laughs> that I love sounds it. like every day. <laughs> yeah. And recruiting. I think you were. I think you did it. I think it's, it's harder than oh, you. Oh. You can see it. We got it. Oh, yes. Beautiful. 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 Fantastic. And we're going to let you return to the Pyrenees with the, your family and your four kids. <laughs> okay, guys, it was great to talk and to you. Um, any entrepreneur that needs support, uh, write me an email. I'm always a big supporter of digital health, alternative 
technologies, and we need an army of innovators to deal with the brain. So please Love help it. us. You know, that's help a good, great call to action. And Anna, I'll see you back in Barcelona hopefully soon. Cheers. Con tu español, con tu buen español. Practice tu español, por favor, por favor, Eugene. Oh.